The galaxy is burning. Brother fights brother, and treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Horus Heresy. Whether you're a warrior of the Legionis Astartes, an adept of the Mechanicum, or a mortal in a galaxy of madness, you'll find your place here. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, broadcasting deep within the bowels of the Vengeful Spirit. Hey guys, welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat. I'm Jesse, and I'm uh, here with Austin today. It's going to be a small little hey. podcast. People may show up, people may not, but we're going to have a good time either way. And by that, we mean a normal-sized podcast, and we're normally just sort of weird and have a yeah, people on. It's, 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 it's a weird blob. <laughs> <laughs> but um, So yeah, so tonight, uh, I was talking with Austin just a little bit ago, uh, built my first Titanicus Knights, which were a lot of fun. Uh, built them in under an hour, and uh, super cute, super adorable. Can't wait to paint them up. Uh, for the most part, I got one of Austin's Warlords when he bought the Grandmaster Edition, and I just wanted it just for, just to, um, yeah, to just own to a have. Warlord. Yeah, to own a Warlord. I wasn't really looking to get into Titanicus, but um, I picked up some knights along the way at our local uh, gaming store, and I was like, yeah, if I do go in, I'll just pick up a rule set, and I might actually have some fun with this, so... Yeah, we'll it is it, it is a lot of fun. I actually got my first game in uh, last weekend. I was in L.A. for a wedding, and one of my buddies was like, bring your Titanicus. You got a Warlord, right? I saw it painted. Um, <laughs> and, like, I played three games, uh, Warlord and Knight against two Warlords, uh, and lost, but it was a lot of fun. Played again, uh, same, same basic setup, won. It was a blast. And then the third game... Uh, it was three of us, and we each had a warlord. And again, like I've never had so much fun with a game that I knew wasn't a full game because, mm-hmm. like, I I think like fifteen hundred points is supposed to be like the minimum size you play. Or any anyway, like a warlord does not a game of Adeptus Titanicus make. Sure, um, but it was amazing. Like, I I it's. I have long said that Epic is the best game GW has ever made. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I may have to revise that opinion. Titanicus is just a really, really solid, fun game. And we we didn't even play with all all the rules. Um, Mm -hmm. There's like two different sets. There's like the basic rules, and then there's like advanced rules, and then the optional rules. Right. Um, So we only played... To preface, I have no idea. Like I kind of, I have an idea of how it's probably played, but to be honest, I have nowhere near. If someone just gave me some dice and told me to start playing, I would not really know where to start. Yeah, we we may want to do a mini episode on it actually because it is yeah. heresy; it counts absolutely. Um, but yeah, just for just for the sheer fun of it, like you're sitting there looking at your stuff, feeling like a princeps, and uh, I'm going to start building my terrain here soon, and I'm going to build a intact buildings and i'm going to build destroyed buildings for each of the intact ones because there are specific rules for blowing up all the terrain oh very neat which is amazing yeah i like that so overall austin what do you think of the gw specialist games renaissance is what i'm calling it it's been glorious um as anybody that knows me knows i am a specialist games whore when it comes to gw um, I've played all of them that they ever made. Uh, Austin is one of top guys for Battlefleet Heresy in our community. Yeah, hey, he's, it's, he's, he's it a only took runner. me three years, but I uh, suckered all of you into it. It's true. <laughs> I've got a fleet sitting. Haven't really played it, but it's it's sitting there. You got me into it. God, and you should. There's I got the rule book, and I got the. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's a great game, and they've they've done pretty well um with blood bowl i think that was fantastic the way they rolled that out uh necromunda i haven't i have yet to play the new necromunda okay um the models are phenomenal i think they screwed the pooch a little bit on that because blood bowl came out first uh, and it did amazing but with blood bowl like everybody everybody had like teams right so if you were like some old grognard with 12 blood bowl teams and the new kid came out and was like, oh, I just bought like the Orcs and Human Starter Box. 
that was great. And you could have a ton of various games because the old guys would just bring out their billion teams right. and give it a whirl. Um, Necromunda is a little bit different because of like the way it progresses and all that. So they really, in my mind, should have started out with like four, like all the basic, like all six basic gangs. Like here are the kits, let's roll. Um, and then they've been a little crazy with all the other miniature, or not miniature, obviously miniature, um, but like the small scale games, right? Like Kill Team okay. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, just the uh, small, mo- low model count games. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I'm sh- here. I can appreciate my other that. friends. Yeah, they were like Necromunda came out, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Necromunda." Necrom-. Like as soon as X Gang comes out. I'm going to get a game and the gang and we're going to play. We're going to have a campaign. Yeah. And then kill team came out and now everybody's just sort of forgotten about Necromunda (laughs) because it's, you know, they they already have an army so they can just pull models from that and have not the same experience, but close enough, close enough. It's similar, but, uh, um, but overall I think they've been doing a great job. Like Titanicus, you can tell that the guys who made it, like they didn't make it to sell models. If that's like too harsh a critique of a labor of love games, yeah, like it was very obviously like we're gonna make a game, and that game is going to be amazing. And then, hey, design team, like figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think the lack of Necromunda is just due to just the slow trickle of the gangs? I honestly, I think it is. Um, it's due to that, and I think kind of the generic problem that Necromunda has and has had, in that you need a ton of terrain to make make Necromunda good. Sure. Um, like, and I've I've played on beautiful Necromunda boards, and my own crappy one because it was just unbuilt sty- like unpainted styrofoam but you could put it all together uh, right. to do a really good Necromunda board. In my opinion, uh, you need it to have three stories on at least two thirds of the table on like a four by four. And that's a lot of terrain, right? Oh yeah. You said how big is the table? Three by four. You said a uh, four by four table, four by four. Okay. So yeah, it's still pretty significant. Yeah. It's not a small table. No. Um, and you need like that first, that first level needs to be, coated absolutely coated in terrain and then the second level needs to be pretty good and the third level needs to you know exist and interconnect so like it's a tough sell especially maybe for uh newer newer hobbyists who aren't like you know confident in i'm going to take this pile of like cardboard and plastic card and build my own industrial terrain you know like and i wonder like you mentioned for new hobbyists just the amount of detail on the Necromunda models in general. I wonder if that somewhat intimidates individuals. I know it kind of does me because I've had my starter kit for a couple months now and I haven't really even touched it. Oh, you slacker. I know. I'm <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I honestly hadn't thought about that. Um, I mean, I, I got started with space Marines, so, you know, mm-hmm. de- detail is what it is. And sure. then the Catechan models. So I, like by the time GW started making crazily detailed models army wide, I was a good enough painter to not be bothered. Uh, right. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I remember when the um, eighth edition came out and the rise of the Primark box with Gilliman, the inquisitor gray and the gray Knight guy that nobody knows what his name is. Like that was when I really realized, Holy crap, these details they've gotten pretty impressive. Like when Gilliman's head is three pieces by itself, you're like, holy crap. Right. <laughs> it's like, Oh my yeah, God. Uh, it's been fun to get very far afield of heresy. Uh, I've started a dogs of war army where all the characters, I want to be the original, like old hammer third edition fantasy models. Gotcha. And they're fun and they got a lot of character, but if you hold up like the wizard I have with, you know, Arms doing the Y from the YMCA, like a really ugly scepter <laughs> yes. in his hands, casting a spell, and you're like, "Yeah, that's a standard like that's the power pose, right?" That's right. And then you see like the Empire Wizard kit, which I think is still like five years old. <laughs> it's it's a good time to to like little plastic soldiers. 
Cool. Uh, so what are we doing tonight? What do we got? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, well, we talked a little bit about Titanicus. Oh, I want to go back to that. And right. you no, know, Jason's not here, but I remember Jason was talking about planning an all night Titanicus army. Is that viable in the game? Can you do all so, nights? So uh, with the caveat that Titanicus, like everything else DW makes now, has the like three ways to play, and I'm yeah. making air quotes here. Right, right, right. Um, Match so open and narrow. Open, open. You can bring a billion knights. Uh, for the two that people will actually play on a regular basis, no. Gotcha. Uh, you have to bring a, a Titan maniple before okay. you can bring knights. But there is no limit to the number of knights you can take. Uh, so right now, the trick is you bring a reaver and two warhounds, and then you know, fill the rest of the list with knights. Is that the minimum mana pool? That's, uh, yeah, that's the cheapest mana pool you can bring right okay. now. Okay, so don't, they don't have like a three war, warhound, three or four warhound no, mana pool? No, um, but I'm hopeful that that will eventually be a thing, because right now, one of the houses, one of the legios they've had, they have out for rules, yeah. uh, their special rule is that they can convert, oh god, and now I'm on a podcast and I don't have the rules in front of me. <laughs> but I believe it is – so So each maniple has like a base list of titans and then normally two more that you can add on, right? Okay. Yeah, I can follow that. Uh, so they are allowed to t- take a reaver instead of one of the other titans in the maniple. Right? Okay, I follow you. So like they could bring for the, the one reaver and two warhound maniple – two reavers in a warhound, right? Or like swap sure. a warlord for a reaver. Pretty sure nobody try and build a list based on that, but that's the gist of it. It might only be like sub reaver for warlord or the other way around. Um, but anyway, there is precedent that, you know, maybe when uh, Audax comes out, they'll be like, hey, you can swap out a reaver for a warhound in all of your maniple lists and you can just run a five warhound formation. Go crazy. Um, they've also guaranteed that they are doing all of the knights, Forge World and GW, for Titanicus. Okay. Uh, so, like, you know, maybe they'll just be a knight book and have rules for bringing nothing but knights. Who knows? Gotcha. I, I'm very excited for all of it. Uh, despite what they say, I seeing how well it's sold so far without even, you know, Warhounds to make it the complete game you can play with the rules mm-hmm. in the rule book. Right. Um, there's going to be infantry. There's going to be. At the very least, it's going to get down to, like, Predators and Lehman Russes. Gotcha. The writing's uh, on the wall. Yeah, well, Knights are scale three, right? So there's at least two other things below them in size, and, you know, maybe infantry is scale zero. Who knows? Very but cool I'm excited. Stuff. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. And for those of you that haven't played Epic uh, and are liking how Titanicus is with just like you have a bunch of Titans on the field, it gets infinitely more cooler when you have a bunch of Titans on the field and just like a thousand screaming infantry. We'll say having a le- an Epic-sized Legion does sound very tempting. As I look at yeah. my hobby room and all the just crazy 28 millimeter stuff scattered everywhere. Oh, it's fun. Uh, <laughs> I've got a full great company of space wolves for Epic, uh, uh-huh. that run, that can run the traditional list or the 30 K list. Uh, and it's something like 300 space wolves all up. Mm. And that's my normal size list. It's like a basic game. That's awesome. Uh, and it's fun. Although if you lose a game, you know, you've lost 300 space breeds and like the chapters and mourning for centuries. <laughs> it's, it's a bad time, but that's why you play it in 30k. Yeah, we're legions. Losing like, 300 oh. marines is not not a big deal anymore. Right, you didn't lose 30 percent of your chapter. You just you know took a scratch. Yeah. Unless you're salamanders, but who wants sure. to be salamanders? <laughs> so, let's see. Anything? Basically, on the docket, the latest release from Forge World has been the Carnadon, and as also our resident uh-huh. militia guy, I guess we're glad to have you uh-huh. on here. Hey, but. Before we get into that, you've been chomping at the bit to discuss High Gothic. Yes. Okay. You wanted to do a spiel. So, so 
Here we go. Um, this is Austin we, Spiel. We may well call this uh, like a guest lecture on Horacy, Heresy Grad School. Horacy Grad School. Everyone says yeah. Horacy at some point on this podcast. Right. There it is. Hashtag you can tell Horacy. that I'm not official. <laughs> um, so every, every once in a great while, somebody will be like, oh, why do they use Latin? That's dumb. Like, Latin is a dumb thing for High Gothic. Or they'll be like, oh, well, in uh, that Blood Angel book, they didn't use the right like Latin conjugation for that word. Um, and I've been like preaching the answer to this for like 10 years since I found out the answer to this. Uh, and it actually came up in our group chat a couple of days ago. And I was like, right, that's it. I'm not like proselytizing to the individual anymore. I'm going to friggin' mass communicate. So here it here is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, High Gothic is not Latin. Just full stop, it is not. The whole point of High Gothic in 40K books and everything else being Latin uh, is because that's what High Gothic sounds like to a denizen of the 30th or 40th millennium. Uh, it's probably something that's going to be spoken, say, 500 years from now, right? When humanity is in one world government and Chinese and English, and Indian maybe, or by Hindi, um, like warp together into whatever main language we speak. Or hell, maybe the Chinese take us all up, uh, knock us all off, and we're speaking Chinese from here until the end of time. Um, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is, right? It's just supposed to sound old. Gotcha. Uh, and that's kind of like when you're like reading something in Latin and like secundum comes up. All of us, well, most of us, uh, you know, English is a second language notwithstanding, uh, can see like secundum or like terribus or oculus and be like, oh yeah, that's, you know, I and terror and second or whatever. And that's kind of the vibe they're going for. And that's why when some of their Latin is just sort of shenanigans, like when it's not actually Latin at all, they add like an um to the end of it. Yeah. Uh, that's why they can get away with it because they're not trying to be Latin. They're trying to just make it sound old. Uh, and this is something that like Dan Abnett has talked about uh, a lot. Uh, same thing. So like proto-Gothic for his books, he uses old English and I know nothing of old English. So I don't know if he's like using it with correct conjugations or whatever, but he's a madman. So probably, um, and he uses old English partially because it still has that old feel, uh, and partially because Latin is kind of stolen, uh, as high Gothic before he got into the game. Uh, so proto Gothic, is like before High Gothic, there's Proto Gothic, and there's various like variants of Proto Gothic. So that would be, you know, maybe English and Chinese and French. If you're living in the 30th or 40th millennium, all of those would probably be lumped together as Proto Gothic. Right? Okay. Um, so yeah, that's my spiel. Uh, in the 30th millennium, nobody speaks Latin anymore because nobody remembers that Rome was a thing. Uh, and what we read is just them trying to make it sound good. It's like the rune of activation. If you want to see what the rune of activation looks like, go to any given tower computer and look at the power button. And that's the rune of activation. Interesting. Ta-da. That little half, that little circle with the line through it. Yeah. That, bam. That's the root of activation. Uh, same thing. They, <laughs> they cool. talk a lot, or they talk sometimes about big circular keyboards places. Yeah. Um, for those of you that are unaware, if you're typing Chinese into a computer, they have big circular keyboards. Uh, so it I could be read. that all the runes they're tapping on their keyboards are really just Chinese letters, and they just don't understand that you know this particular Chinese character meant that in Chinese, it's now, you know, hit these four, God knows what they mean, uh, but that turns the windshield wipers on. Yes. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so this has been your Heresy Grad School guest lecture. 
since neither Jesse nor Dave is here to contradict me, that's going to stand. Jason, I'm, I'm Jesse, and I'm here, but Jason... Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. All right. But, all right. Sorry, it's been a long awesome. day. But it's yeah, cool. It's cool. Your blur. It just- I like it. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to get back and uh, talk about the Carnadon. So stay tuned. folks we are back with austin and jared's now here with us and myself and we're going to talk uh just going to shoot the shit but first we want to get uh, business out of the way starting with the carnadon imperial militia slash solar auxilla battle tank and austin is our resident militia player but jared is also joining the ranks too i just watched him play a game today but uh so let's get some opinions let's start with austin austin what what do you got to say you want to start right, with well, the militia or the aux tank? We'll we'll start with militia because I want to end on a happy note. Um, <laughs> well, we'll say we'll say first. I love this model. This is it's a great model. This is right up there, like favorite GW tank ever made. Oh um, wow! I just think it looks really like it's got that old grimy. You know, this obviously came out of an STC and is probably originally like for pulling like tractors you know and then oh god orcs show up quick change our tractors and put guns on them this is what happened uh (laughs) it's just got that like ray gun sci-fi world war one feel that i love about imperial militia yeah um so yeah that is fantastic um it is a little disappointing that it is 106 dollars that's very disappointing (laughs) for myself that's Forge World and the way the game is played. I will say that I'm almost certain it has the same bits as the Aurox box, which is $90. Interesting. So, you know, pay 17 more bucks and uh, get it magnetized, I guess. Mm-hmm. You can run both. Awesome. Um, Never mind. I don't know if I mentioned this before or not, but if you buy the Forge World Medusa tank, you also get the Basilisk gun as well. So if you're thinking about getting Basilisk, get the Medusa and just magnetize the gun. And you got two models in one. Just a little tip there for you guys. Pro tip. I like it. Yes. I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> a year ago when I got my Medusas. Oh, what's this big gun over here too? Oh, sweet. I didn't know why they market them separately. Yeah. 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 So, um, so anyway, I, continue. Sorry. So I, I like the look of it. Um, actually I like the look of it so much that for our secret Santa by like tier three, buy me the moon gift is three of them. <laughs> um, but it is three of them with the Lazcan variants and that's where things get disappointing for Imperial militia. So it's got the same, uh, armor as a predator, I believe 12, 11, 10 looks about right. Predator's yeah. 13. Front, but Predator's okay. 13. So a point of armor less on the front, but it is only 60 points, 60 points stock. It comes with uh, twin-linked autocannon and sponson-mounted heavy flamers for 60 points. Uh, and then you can swap out the flamers for heavy bolters for free. You can put a heavy stubber as the pintle mount, and you can add an autocannons in the side sponsons for 10 points. I have now exhausted all of the upgrades that you can give it as Imperial Militia and Colts tank. And that just makes me so sad. Because, mm. eh? <laughs> like, like, it's, it's not, it's, there's not much to it for a Militia tank. There's, there's not. Uh, and I, like, I feel personally that a Militia player is generally going to be better served to have his auto cannons uh, in a big old squad, a heavy of uh, infantry, because you can make you can have ten of them in a squad, and then make that squad have eighty-two auto cannons, mm-hmm. and that just seems like a better deal. I think they mean um, oh, I'm sorry, AP three. My bad. My bad. Okay. Yeah, no, still good. Like that'll make marines and robots have a super bad time. Oh yes. Uh, the problem with it is when you can only upgrade it with auto cannons, like one, it doesn't seem super fluffy, uh, that that's the best they can do. Militia seem to have access to like laser weapons. 
So, like, Laz cannons, I feel, are very appropriate. Um, but yeah, just, eh. You get three of them, that's, like, 330 bucks, thereabouts, and they're just okay. Like, you could probably put those points into, I don't know, Sentinels, if you wanted armor to carry around your uh, autocannons, and that would be all right. Um, How much are Sentinels points-wise? I think they start out at like 30, 35. Uh, I think they're 90 for you a slot three, and then you, they're like, the upgrades yeah. are like 10 points at the most. Okay. Yeah, so you can get those pretty cheap. I mean, they're only 10s, but they're True. also not competing with your heavy support choice, because for Militia, are I mean, fast attack? Yeah, Sentinels are fast attack. Uh, and for me, the only other fast attack option is a Thunderbolt. And while I firmly believe in bringing one, bringing three is rude. So, <laughs> you know, you can take that. Whereas for heavy sport choices, you know, this is competing with all the Leave and Rust variants, rapier batteries, and artillery. Uh, to say nothing of the glorious madmen who bring spawn. Sure. So, eh, like, underwhelmed. I mean, don't get me wrong, my Secret Santa does go absolutely insane buys me three because the kit comes with all the weapon options. Uh, I will run three of them in my new militia arm and they'll be, you know, a slightly substandard choice. Um, but I also didn't spend $300 on them. So that would make me much more happy to use them. Plus we're big fans of really cool around here. Yes. And they are infinite. Cool. Like, don't get me wrong. They are infinite. Cool. And like, again, like don't, don't let me undersell it. A twin-linked autocannon and two autocannons uh, in the sponsons is a decent amount of firepower. Like, it's not bad. Seems to be a good distraction unit. Yeah, you're going to hit with, like, three autocannon rounds of I think is about what the math is. Right? You got one that's twin-linked and then two others. But it's it's never going to win you a game. It's it's, it's very rarely going to win you a game. It's, it's never going to be even a squadron of three. Like a squadron of three is, a pro- but eh, no more than anything else in the militia. Uh, so fun all around. But if we, uh, unless Jared, if you've got something to add, the militia version. No, it's specifically with the las cannon thing. I mean, Sentinels can take las cannons. Gorgons can take las cannons. Lehman Russ. Every other armor variant. An Arvis lighter can take las cannons. Oh, and this reminds me, <laughs> just for you know the off chance that some Forge World guy is listening. Uh, so I've got the PDF up. Uh, and the PDF in the little like two-paragraph fluff, fluff thing, I'm going to just read it. And you guys can uh, can see where I'm going this pretty sure. At Gamma Incunabular, a squadron of the 43rd Verandan Carnadons, fitted with Laz weaponry, brought down the first of the great Xenos beasts, which subjugated that world, their concentrated firepower suppressing even those of the Predator tanks of the Third Legion. <laughs> and, I, and the next sentence is talking about how a Solar Auxilia Carnadon group also did good work. So their own fluff seems to have Imperial Militia with the Laz Cannon variant. You know what it is? Uh, such is life. It sounds like oh. the people writing the fluff and the people writing the rules had a disconnect, and the guy writing the fluff was like, oh, common sense. They'll, they'll get last cannons. No big deal. Yeah. And the guy writing the rules that's, was like, that's the thing about the Carnadon, is it's supposed to be a little bit punchier than a Predator, at least from, like, the role it's being given. Like, not as much yeah. armor, because it's only 12 in the front, apparently. Um, but can get the job done. It's like a solid main battle tank. Because this is, per the fluff, this is the thing everybody was using in the Imperial... Armada or Auxilia uh, before the Lehman Rust came out. So presumably there would be a billion of them with last cannons because that's anti-tank. That's what you do. Makes sense. Uh, but apparently not enough sense. I guess we can always hope that in the next Black Book there'll be a little blurb. Yeah. No, there's, well, you never know. Yeah, you never right know. Now this is just a PDF and PDFs can be changed. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe Forge World will to our podcast and be like, you know what, chaps? Those yanks have something. They're onto a good idea. We'll let the last cannons in. <laughs> no, they'll never come on. Yeah, and if you don't, I will go to the Thames and jump them. 
drop a bunch of tea in it. Um, My God. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Austin Tea Party. <laughs> uh, uh, that was great. The, right. the much happier version, though. Carnadon Strike Squadron for the Solar Auxilia. Yeah. Uh, five points more because it's got the Explorator Adaptation Standard, um, which just has like a six-up involved against Blaster Templates, Void Hard. Which is worth uh, the extra five points, in my opinion. Yeah, for five top. points, it's a solid, it's a solid pickup. A six-up uh, involved? Sure, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. On a Malkin, annoying. Hmm. But where it really shines is it. You can exchange the mul- the uh, it it comes stock with a twin link multi laser and two sponsored multi lasers, which is weird but also awesome because multi lasers are what solar oxys do. That's a lot of multi lasers. Swap out for a Volkite Colvern for free, which seems awesome. Sure. Uh, auto cannons for five points, or, or twin linked auto cannon or twin linked blast cannon twenty five. And then they can take, uh, in addition to the militia upgrades, Volkite Culverns and Laz Cannons and Sponsons and a Pintle-mounted Multilaser, which is kind of hilarious. Like, you can stick three Multilasers and a twin-linked Multilaser. Or, I'm sorry, it's two Sponson-mounted. Yeah, twin-linked Multilaser. So four Multilasers, one of which is twin-linked, a single tank. And that just seems kind of (laughs) hilarious. But yeah. I think where it really wins is uh, Volkite to just munch its way through infantry and the Laz Cannons for ruining other tanks. Because as somebody who plays Militia and has a Laz Cannon squad uh, of six, can tell you, can use more Laz Cannon. Always use more Laz Cannon. Six only ever seem to hit twice. It's, yeah, the Solar Ox tank is ridiculously more just all around flexible yeah you can do more cool things with it um so i don't know like i've i've somebody's posted on the internet that their buddy has bought three for their imperial militia army god bless you whoever you are because they are really cool tanks um and it's it's not like like when the uh the aurochs came out i thought that was sort of a dud uh this is definitely not that i think people will just for like love of the model uh, shell out and take them. But I would be willing to lay a little bit of money that 75% of those people will be bringing them for Solar Auxilia. Oh, sure. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anything to add, Jared? i actually been... So, big picture here. I've, I've flirted with Solar Ox for years. That's actually why I bought my Stormhammer was I was going to make a Solar Ox army with it. I was like, yeah, I'll do Militia instead. Um, and, you know, having played against a bunch of Solar Ox players, you know, I love the list. There's so much you can do with it. But mm-hmm. most people take a pretty, like, you know what they're getting list. But, you know, if, if I know I'm playing a Solar Ox player, if I don't know the person, I got a rough idea of what, what I'm going to be facing. But this thing adds so much versatility, which I think is the one thing that the Solar Ox uh, co- uh, army list was lacking. Um, yeah. It really, like, I could have so much fun running like six of these things and doing, you know, uh, armoring up your, uh, your troop choices in, uh, our rocks, the, the little rhino version. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, put all those. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't, unlike the militia list, it doesn't directly compete with Lehman Russes. I mean, it's a heavy support choice, but solar auxilia can take three different Lehman Russes in the fast attack slot. So you can still get like your big beefy battle tanks. And these guys are a little lighter, but a little more versatile, and just go go crazy. Yeah, I wrote a uh, a list with six of them and three of the Volkite Lehman Russes. You know, a lot of medium armor, a lot, of, still a lot of firepower, but uh, uh-huh. you know, I had basically like a light armored company with uh, like two Velotera squads and a Flamer squad in the Auroxes, and then just like four forty Laz guys on foot. And I mean, you don't realize it without you know a yeah. bunch of heavy tanks. There's so much room. Yeah, maybe, maybe this will get people away from uh, Dracosans. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody thinks Dracosans. And, and that's because Dracosans are great. I mean, they're, they're It's because cool. they're great and because they eat up points. Uh, because while I've heard people say it would be great to have uh, like an infantry-heavy solar oxy list, 
it's kind of like the people that say they want to take tainted flesh and abhuman helots and run 400 militia in an army. You're not going to do it. Sounds great. Doesn't work. You're not going <laughs> to buy <laughs> 150 solar auxilia to make that infantry list. Like, so these are beautiful little heavy sport tanks. And I do love them, I love them so much. And they're cheap too. So you can get a little spammy with them, right? You know, Money, money Point. being no object. You just, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. That's like you can get nine of them for less than a thousand points. Yeah. <laughs> At any time you can do that with a tank and still have it like with sponsons and a uh, pinto-mounted multi-laser. For God's sake. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just infinite. I'm just always amused by pinto-mounted multi-lasers. I, I, for ten points, that's a pretty solid upgrade. Yeah, it's and like a multi laser is a great weapon. Like it'll get the work done. It'll get the work done. I mean, my novelist has three of the rapier ones as a heavy support slot. Is mm-hmm. yeah, there's reasons. All right, yeah, cool. All right, so I guess that's pretty much covers the Carnadon. Unless you got anything else to add to that? No, that's uh, unless you want to talk about the 40k version, which I do not. I didn't even look at that. <laughs> Let's look at a 40k version. Let's let's pull. Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, the 40k version gets a Volkite Culvern too. How does the Imperial Guard get Volkite Culverns, but the Imperial Militia can't swing a Lazcan? Volkite Calivers and Culverns. Let's see what it's normally. Let's see. What is its normal loadout? I don't know what happened. I don't know what I'm looking. Okay, it is equipped standard with two multi lasers and a twin multi laser, and that's about it. How are there enough of the Solar Auxilia versions? 40th millennium. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Austin's working himself into a nerd rage. <laughs> uh, uh, the and rage. It, and I guess you can't squadron them. I don't know if that's just because it's 8th edition and, uh, can't, and they don't have squadrons. I, I don't know. I don't know how that shenanigans work. Or played it. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I got nothing against 8th edition. I just don't play it. Uh, yeah. I gave it the college try. What my game. It's fine. It's like people that people like play, it. I respect well, that. Anybody that plays Adeptus Titanicus and is not instantly delighted is wrong. But uh, <laughs> like Battlefleet Gothic, that's that's a niche. Like people just don't yeah. like ship games. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's just the bait. It's just called Carnodon in 40k. By the way, <laughs> nothing special. <laughs> Carnodon. All right. Same so that, that that covers all of it. Yeah. Consider yourselves informed. We informed you. <laughs> so, all right. What do you guys want to talk about next? Jared, do you want to talk about the game you had? Sure. How was your, uh, yeah. How was your militia game going? Well, uh, yeah, I talked about what the wife was a little pressed for time. So I decided we'll just do a 1500 point list, um, which I threw together at literally the last minute before I walked out the door. Um, and I, I brought, which is my militia list. So I brought uh, Medusa, a Lehman Rust demolisher with a uh, bolters, um, 40 grenadiers, 40 of the basic infantry, uh, recon squad with shotguns and a knight errant with two levels of the, uh, psychic mastery just to make up points. Um, I ended up forgetting the 10 man last cannon squad, which I left at my house. Uh, I had to add another Lehman Rust and just kind of BS some points. Um, so it kind of evened out. Uh, Will brought Iron Hands, brought a 20-man tactical squad, a 10-man tactical squad in a Rhino, um, a Lightning with the three Rad Missile launchers. Uh, yeah. No, it's no fun. And a... Uh, I had to leave before that came before that uh, came out. Thank God he met, failed that first reserve roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Uh, what else? Uh, Casterman Orth and a Sikorin Arcus, which is no fun. No fun at all. Uh, and Will just rolled really bad. Um, overall, we, we did Dawn of War. We had uh, the Dominion objectives, so we got five objectives. Um, and, you know, it's nice having, you know, five troop choices in a 1,500-point game. Uh, so oh, I just sure. sat my guys on three objectives the entire game, collected points. It, it, it was fairly simple. Um, but will just rolled really bad. The, the lightning I was terrified of, I was just pretty sure he was just going to eat whole squads and, but he failed his first reserve roll. So I had two turns of not having to worry about him. 
because I had literally no anti-air. Um, but the hero of the entire game was my knight errant. He uh, deep struck turn two behind Casterman North and his uh, Arcus. And I took a combi melta on him, which is for the uninitiated. You can take for free. You just lose the Paragon Bolter. Mm-hmm. And uh, with preferred enemy traders, and he's BS5, you're rerolling once. So you have a twin linked combi melta. That's, you know, it was one shot, but worth the hit. So uh, I shoot with him, hit, blow up the Arcus, and uh, get out. And uh, Orth charged the Knight Errant. And it was his oath of moment to uh, kill Orth, which Will did not know. Um, it took three rounds of combat, but he finally brought Orth down, uh, thus fulfilling awesome. his oath of moment and securing me two or three extra victory points. And that's as it should be, right? The man and not in, losing a, the game. in an army with only one space marine, the space marine damn well better be. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was just such a small game. I'm like, we're, we're going to go big on this. And honestly, it, it was close. I mean, he lost a wound. It was, it was very near uh, bad. But uh, Austin, I learned a valuable lesson. The uh, the platoon is it platoon standard or the vexillas on the yeah. basic infantry squads. You know, I I never really bother with them, and uh, which is even a poor move, even without Kim Jackers. So uh, I charged. Will had a, a two Castellax and a, a Pravian, which I charged with like 36 militiamen. Um, killed one Castellax, but didn't kill the other, and lost combat by one wound. Both squads yep. broke. And uh, you said 36. That would, that would have been more than one squad in there, yeah? Yeah, two squads. They both just ran and kept running, and uh, Will came on and shot them with rad missiles and most of them died. It was, it was just unfortunate. Yeah. And, uh, Jared, those, those flags are cumulative, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if I had taken them, I would have won by one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These are realizations. <laughs> that have occurred That's to why me. All of mine have it. They, <laughs> yeah. like, I'll, I'll do weird stuff, but never that for, uh, always have it. Even when it seems ridiculous. No, it, uh, it makes you sense. never know. Because I was not rolling double ones on those guys. Uh. Yeah, honestly, my, uh, I brought the Victoria Miniatures uh, BFG, the Medusa variant with the Armor Bane, which just did lovely work. Because mm-hmm. um, he basically just geared his entire deployment to stay as far away from that as possible, which was helpful. But yeah, that was a good time time by all. Yeah, it's it's so nice to see somebody else with a militia army out doing militia things. I'm telling you guys, 2019, if you're coming to Nova, best be prepared to fight some militia. There's going to be a bunch of it. It'll be great. Yeah, you, me, Will's talking about doing it. Robbie's talking Will's about Will's talking doing it. about doing it. I'm pretty sure I can talk him into it. Uh, I feel like there was one other person at least. Yeah. Um, uh, besides Steven, Steven has, Steven has an official buy, um, because his project just syncs up so well with 2020. It's a little creepy, um, <laughs> uh, but I'm not, I'm not going to mess with mention what exactly it is. That's his baby <laughs> and he should be able to present it to the world. Right. It's like knowing what a friend is pregnant, but you know, we know, but it's his announcement. So what else you guys want to talk about tonight? You know me. I just want to talk events because I got some event ideas. Yeah. Uh, like uh, mega battle events or like what? Yeah. Yeah. Just stuff I've been, been tossing around the old noggin. Oh, um, so I actually, I did have, I did have a thought, right? Yeah. Um, in, in the vein of events and all of that. Uh, so as I briefly mentioned earlier, we're running a battlefield campaign here. And one of the mission, one of the things for a round that I'm having is uh, like an NPC mission. Right? So it's going to be both both fleets, you know, loyalist and traitor, uh, and then a third sort of you know like GM'd fleet that'll be running around. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking: uh, Has anybody done this for 30k 
Like, I know sometimes we, uh, for our mega battle, demons appear or something like that. Um, and for our Christmas game, we're always hunting Santa Claus. Um, but does anybody really do, like, GM missions anymore? Mm, not really. Not very often. Although, now that you mention that, like, we're having our big narrative event for Istvan 5 mm-hmm. in October. And I, I don't know if you were there last year for the Master of Mankind event, but that was uh, pretty well GM'd by, well GM'd by, um, by Will. And that was uh, a fun time. That was a Master of Mankind event? No. That no, was I, a Warham- I don't think you were there, but that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Bunch of demons versus a handful of custodians and loyalists and whatnot. Yeah, I, I really and think... Will, Will kind of like every turn kind of pulled some narrative strings and made certain things appear, made certain fights happen and things. Yeah, I, I enjoy that sort of game. I mean, obviously not Me like too. every I, game I play. I come from a role-playing D&D background anyway before I got into this. So, yeah, I can definitely see just narrated events, game mastered. Yeah, that... Yeah, I mean, like, big narrative events, yeah, sure. But I'm I'm talking more like... Two guys sitting around and one guy just jumps in, hey, I'll run this game for you guys. This is what's yeah, going like, on. Yeah, like if, like, you and Caro came over to my place with armies. Like, oh, there's three of us that play games. Yeah. We could play a three-way battle or a 2v1 or, you know, hey, here's this thing that I've been working on. I'm going to do friggin' narrative mission. Like have certain, space certain objectives on the board and stuff. And, you know, when yeah, one like player whole, gets to it, you ask them, okay, you see this, this, you see this control panel, you know, do you want to mess around with this control panel and see what happens type of thing? I mean, yeah, you could go, you could go that deep into it. Or you could be like, hey, you know, both of you are on the space hulk. Here are your four objectives. And then, oh, shit. Xenos, like there are orcs on this Hulk. Congratulations. There are now NPC orcs running around. You guys got to fight around through. And I think that really lends itself well to like going back around to strike team or a uh, kill team. Like, oh yeah. You can, you can make that happen really easily. Yeah. Strike team, zone mortalis. Both of those I think are really ripe for, you know, kind of thinking outside the box a little bit. We're mm-hmm. all narrative gamers for the most part. 30 K. Oh yeah. Um, and there are, I'm sure there are people like you that like came from D&D, some of you DM, like, come on, guys, you can make that happen in 30K, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm going to try it out in Battlefield Heresy, maybe uh, next round, because like that, that game, I think they already have NPC missions in there. I've done that before. It's a, it's a blast, because it's... You know, you're fighting your opponent, but there's also another thing going on. So it's just shenanigans from start to finish. It's just my thought. Yeah, it is interesting. I'm gonna have to scratch around a little bit. Yeah, uh, and if any of you have Let the creative like, juices flow. Yeah, if any of you have uh, like game mastered, I'm not talking like a mega battle with 50 people. It's like that's almost a different thing to me because yeah. when there is a bunch of people aside, like. You've got to keep it like Will's harped on it. Like when you're doing a game, you got to keep the like tweaks to a minimum or else everybody's just going to be confused and either mm-hmm. be confused and not have as good a time or just ignore all your rules. You've carefully crafted up. But when it's only like two people or even like a two V two do some crazy stuff like, Hey, your squad just got on an objective. And instead of rolling for whatever points or it is, I'm going to tell you it's this. What are you guys going to do? Yep. That sounds cool. Yeah. Just kick it around. And if anybody has done something like that, um, post about it on our Facebook page or something. Like, let us know. Yeah. I'm interested to hear from you guys. With that being said, I want to just go through some quick announcements of upcoming events. Go for it. And then we'll call it a night. So guys on October 20th, over at Battlegrounds in Midlothian, Virginia, we have our narrative event, like I was mentioning earlier, the Istvan 5 Drop Site Massacre. Um, I'm not 100% sure if registration is closed or not, but if you ju- if you want to come down and see a narrative event with all the all the legions participated in Istvan 5, it's a very they made it so like a very strict, you know, these legions only event. That in, you know, the militia and whatnot that were there as well. So if you want to see a very cool, accurate representation of that event, come on down on October 20th. Yeah, I, I am looking forward to that. I'm not 100% yeah. sure if I can make it, um, mm-hmm. but I'm excited to see pictures. And 
I'm just going to throw this out there. If you do show up and you've got militia or, you know, word bearers or whatever, it is a mega battle. Will's a great guy. He's got a lot of experience running these events. Sure, he can figure out a way to squeeze you in. Oh, for sure. Like, definitely. Don't roll up with ultramarines. Uh, <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. And I mean that just as a blanket statement. Ultramarines. Yep. Um, and also coming up on November 11th, we have the Conquest of Ariana Forge, also at Battlegrounds in Midlothian. That's uh, Dave Dennett. He's heading up that awesome event. The last one a few months ago was a blast. He has a 30-foot by 10-foot plane area, and uh, it's pretty impressive. So this, it's all scaled up to where you actually have to move your Warlord. You have to move your Reavers. They don't just sit, sit static on the board and get blown up turn one anymore. So if you're interested in that, just check it out. Uh, Remembrancers Retreat Events is our Facebook page, and that's where we keep all the details on all these events. And then, yeah, just get in contact with us. We'll get you in the right direction. And those are our two closest upcoming events. We also have on December 1st, our, uh, basically our Christmas mega battle, the Sinterklaas Crisis on the D43 system. As I say, it's, we don't use D43s. It's just the name of the space system. And uh, yeah, it's uh, 2,000 points, mega battle roster. Check it out on uh, Remembrance Retreat events. Yeah, and I got to say, of all the events we do throughout the year, that's probably the one I enjoy the most. It is a lot of fun. It is also the day we do our Secret Santa exchanges. Um, so they're usually like, a, like everybody's really excited. Everybody's got something cool. We go out for dinner. There's a contest for trivia. It, it's, it's, just a, it's just a real nice event. Laid back, yeah. had a lot of fun. Uh, yep. Let's see. Um, we are also, again, you find us on Facebook. We are also on Instagram, at Remembrances Retreat. I am trying to work with Twitter. <laughs> this kind of, I, I don't even know what my Twitter handle is. Just, just find Remembrances Retreat. You can find it. Also, We're all millennials, we swear. That's right. I'll throw some links down there. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Uh, we're also on a Stitcher, the, the premier podcast app. Maybe, maybe it was a couple of years ago. Maybe this today. I don't know, but it's cool what to the be hell on is Stitcher. Stitcher. It's it's a it's a podcast app, Austin. Really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's kind of cool. So right, check well, us out the more there. You know. Yeah. So we're we're all over the place, and uh, yeah, that's about it. So with that being said, hope everyone has a great night. I'm Jesse, and I'm me. He is him. Sorry. I'm it's not fine. a usual. I missed my pitch. <laughs> it's fine. I can just edit it. I can do it again. I'm Jesse. I'm Austin. See, look at that. And uh, have a good night. See, I can scratch that. God so, damn it. You got to try that again, too. <laughs> ah. Okay. I'm Jesse. I'm Austin. Have a good night, everybody. Night. Sweet. <laughs> good times. <laughs>